0: To the Sullivan County Democrat Podcast's Legislature Monthly Wrap-Up. This podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe in Calicoon, New York. Check out their Instagram to see what specials are happening, as well as what they're cooking up for Tuesday dinner, and make sure to stop by for their in-house fresh-baked goods. This month at Legislature, one of the big topics centered around ARPA funds, or American Rescue Plan Act monies. The first round of ARPA funds went to help fund an energy project at SUNY Sullivan, as well as local infrastructure like road repair. Legislators will have until the end of 2024 to figure out exactly how they want to spend the second round of ARPA funds. During that process, Sullivan Broadband Local Development Corporation Chair and District 3 Legislator Michael Brooks asked his peers about the possibility of American Rescue Plan monies or other funds going to their broadband effort, and his peers answered his call. Legislators voted to give the LDC $2 million from the county's unassigned fund balance. Those funds will be used to purchase the necessary equipment to outfit the remaining county-owned emergency towers to provide high-speed internet. The LDC has been looking to secure federal grant funding from the U.S. Economic Development Administration, but the wait has been 17 months of the county. The county has already given the LDC $100,000 to get the project started, and Brooks previously told the Democrat that they would pay back that and any other future stipends from the county. Explaining why they chose the general funds, legislator Ira Steingard explained that had they come from ARPA money, the LDC couldn't pay the county back the money once they were operating. But if it comes out of general funds, they could. Funding was timely, as there's a three- to six-month wait on equipment which is manufactured and delivered from Israel. If orders aren't placed immediately, the LDC would risk losing another construction season. While fielding questions from legislators, Division of Information Technology Services Commissioner Lauren Green, who was also the LDC's treasurer and secretary, explained that when 10% of those all of the towers can serve subscribe, the projected average is $200,000 in revenue after expenses. You multiply that by 13 towers, that's $2.6 million a year. Outfitting the 13 emergency towers is phase one of the LDC's efforts, which will cover 60-65% to of the county. Green talked about how in the 16 years he's been attending legislative meetings, they've needed to make a lot of have-to decisions due to various unfunded mandates. One example he gave was the state mandating that the county had to build a new jail. Green said, quote, this is the first opportunity since I've been here that this legislature has an opportunity to vote on something to make a difference. Green explained that access to Internet has an impact on one's quality of life and things such as health rankings. He further stated, quote, that we have many areas of the county that are under or non-served. That's the bottom line goal and objective of this project to make a difference. Green later noted that had the LDC used EDA grant monies, there would have been restrictions on what they could do with the revenues. He said if they did the project in this manner using general funds, there would be no limitations. For example, with the EDA grant, if they wanted to take revenue that comes back to the county and reduces property taxes, they couldn't do it. But they could in this case. Near the end of the discussion, Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty asked Green, Bottom line, we give you $2 million. When am I going to get a signal at my house? When is this going to happen? Green, showing a map of the projected broadband reach from the county towers, Responded that within a year they'll be broadcasting to certain points on the map, and by the end of the second year it'll be all of them, which is the 60 to 65 percent county coverage. He said, "Quote, and the revenue will start coming in for us to expand to cover the additional 30 to 40 percent." In addition to broadband and ARPA discussions this month, the legislature also received a presentation from members of Hot Solar Air, including their president Eli Rowe. Back in December, the county had signed a lease with Hotzola Air with an initial term of 30 years and for 21.7 acres of the airport property so they can build a permanent hangar, world headquarters, fuel farm, parking area, and outdoor recreation space. As a Democrat previously reported, Hotzola Air, a 501c3 nonprofit, provides emergency air transport, and they have the option to automatically renew the lease with the county three successive times, each time for a term of 30 years for a potential total of 120 years. The lease payment will be $18 a year for as long as Hotzola Air is the lease seat. As for the fuel farm, Hatsola Air would convey ownership of the one it builds to the county and pay them $18,000 annually to cover required permanent maintenance costs. They would also pay the county a surcharge of $0.30 cents per gallon on fuel it buys at the airport. Any other liquids it purchases from the county would be subject to the same charges. county had previously stated that Hatsola Air purchased 400,000 gallons of fuel for their operations last year, utilizing two jets. They are expected to have even more aircraft at the new facility. In their presentation to legislators they praised the runway and the close proximity that the airport has to the greater New York City and Long Island areas. They also said that they have plans for the county's airport to be their global headquarters and they also want sub-bases in Miami, New York, Chicago, LA, London, Israel and South America. Legislative Chairman Rob Doherty asked Hatzola if the FAA decided the initial lease between the county and them could only be 50 years would that impact their ability to move forward with the project to which Roe responded that it may or may not. Plans are for the facility to cost around $26 million. Roe detailed a bunch of amenities that the facility would have for the volunteers there, as well as different things that the county could use to read the entire article detailing the presentation head to scdemocratonline.com. And finally, in November, the Democrat reported that legislators took action in authorizing the Division of Planning and Community Development to apply for a 2021 Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act grant through the New York State Community Development Block Grant Program, behalf of the Center for Discovery, for air circulation improvements campus-wide. The Center had stated that they would use the $2 million to procure 600, tri them 500 UV units and related materials, which should significantly improve the air quality of indoor areas across the agency. During the Economic Development Committee meeting earlier this month, Fred Eisenberg, Commissioner of the Division of Planning and Community Development, said, quote, it's a large award. There is a percentage it's allotted to the county for administration, so that will help support our division, and we're happy about that. Legislators also listened to SUNY Sullivan President Jay Quaytons give an update on various things going on at the college. Talking about enrollment, he said they were probably down around 10% from last spring, but that it was hard to know for sure as they didn't have their late start in high school enrollment numbers when he was presenting to legislators. He noted that other community college enrollments are down anywhere from 5 to 20%. Saying, quote, we're on the lower end of that, and we're hopeful that we'll make up some of these numbers with the late start and then the high school enrollment. In other news, last month, Kathy Hochul, governor of New York State, announced that the State University of New York Board of Trustees has ended the practice of withholding transcripts from students with outstanding balances, effective immediately. As of February 1st, SUNY Sullivan began releasing transcripts to those students. Quintin said, quote, we're looking at ways that we can mitigate some of the potential loss because there will be a period of time where students request these transcripts, we have to release the transcript, and have no way to get that money back from them. Quintin further stated that there's going to be a SUNY-wide task force to address this across the system. He said, quote, I'm hopeful that we'll be able to come to some kind of resolution without it just being written off as bad debt, adding that that doesn't help the college, students, or New York State. Legislator Michael Brooks, who chairs the Government Services Committee, said that, quote, it's ironic that we try and teach students to make choices and be responsible, and yet via a state decree do just the opposite. I kind of get where the governor was coming from, but yet there's got to be a different way. That does it for this month's Legislature Roundup. The podcast is brought to you by the Kitchen Table Cafe on Lower Main Street in Calicoon, New York. We hope everyone stays safe, has a great week, and we'll be back covering legislature this Thursday for their slate of committee meetings. Thank you.